Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Operation Sequel. This time it's Final Fantasy X. And with me to sing with the angels and the sky will open up and we will all praise Final Fantasy X is Craig. Hello, how you doing? I'm I'm doing wonderful on this Final Fantasy day, sir. Good stuff. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Thank you for having me, Dave. Oh, not a problem. But anyway, shut up. We got to get to the stats. So, <laughs> the stats are, it was developed by Square, and it was released by Square Electronic Arts in North America, and PAL, it was actually a Sony-published thing. The director was Yoshinori Kitase, and the artist was Yusuke Naora and Shintaro Takai. The writers were Kazushige Nojima, Daisuke Watanabe, and Motomo Toriyama. And the music was composed by Nobuo Uematsu, Masashi Hamauzu, and Junya Nakano. The release dates were July of 2001 for Japan, and then December 2001 for North America, and Australia and Europe had to wait until May of 2002. It only got one re-release before the HD collection, which we both played, and that was the international version that released only in Japan, and I don't get why it's called the international version. Craig, why is it called the international version? If it only releases in Japan. It's the international version because it makes it sound more glamorous. I, I can accept that. No, it's the international version because it incorporates all of the international changes into a Japanese release. Oh, okay. All right. So, since it's been a while since me and Craig were both on, and I know everybody was a big fan of that Zelda dramatic reading we did, <laughs> uh, today we're going to be doing our dramatic reading from the Final Fantasy Strategy Guide which I have and is falling apart, and it's just taken a beating over the years. But, <clears throat> here we go. For 1,000 years, the world of Spira was held in the grip of terror as the great monster Sin punished its citizens for using the forbidden machina in the Great Wars. To combat Sin, powerful summoners would make a pilgrimage to Xanarkand, the ruins of what once was the greatest city of Spira. Able to call and control devastating manifestations of the faith, Aeons, into battle, these summoners would sacrifice their lives and the life of a chosen guardian to defeat Sin for a temporary period called the Calm. Unfortunately, the Calm would end and Sin would eventually return, forcing a new summoner to forfeit their life to bring peace to Spira once again. This cycle of life and death continued in Spira for untold generations until one summoner stood against the teachings of Yevon and sought a new means by which to defeat Sin. Permanently. Permanently. This time it's personal. So, Craig, um, well, what is your history with Final Fantasy X? None whatsoever. I only played it because you forced me to. Did you know that it existed? I mean, did Final Fantasy XV, was that kind of a spoiler oh, yeah, that X would exist? Okay. Yeah, no, I knew, I knew it existed, not just because of the numerical scheme in which these games are named, but because I just I knew of its existence and of the fact that it was fairly well received as one of the Final Fantasy entries, so I was aware. I just okay. never I never bothered playing it. I can understand. Was is it just because you're not a big JRPG guy or Oh god no it's never, never got around nothing to do with that. Just never got around to it. I never had the inclination to do it. By the time I started liking these games it was already old. So, you know Okay, I, I can completely understand that. Uh Final Fantasy ten for me is like really, really special because when I got into my car accident and I couldn't play games for like a month because my fingers were all stupid, um, I did play Final Fantasy X for like 12 hours a day, just ripped right through it. And then I played it again, and then I played it again. So Final Fantasy X was really important to me, and I, I played it now 
Craig, we, we're playing this as grown men, right? Yes, we are. So, you know, we're not going to be all... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hormonally emotional about everything, like we were as mm -hmm. teenagers. So you can imagine... Hormotionally. Yeah. Hormotionally. Uh, Hormotionally. That, that's, we're going to patent yeah. that word. So, playing this as a teenager, oh boy, this story was all kinds of important to me, man. This was... This was the height of art. Shakespeare has nothing on Final Fantasy X. Wow, that's that's quite high praise. <laughs> it, it, it is amazing praise. And I, personally, I still think, you know, I'd rather play Final Fantasy X than have a drink with Shakespeare. I bet you he was really uppity. Oh, he would have been all those big flowery words he used. So the version that both you and I played was the Final Fantasy XX2 HD remaster, and that released on the PS3 and the PS4. Is there anything you'd like to say about the remaster? I mean, like, how does it look to you? Does it still look and control and feel like a PS2 game? Oh, it, it's, do you know what? It's quite surprising. It's quite... The FMV scenes, especially quite surprising. But overall, I was very, very shocked at how well it played, to be honest. Some of the some of the camera angles and all that, you know, like, forgive certain bits of it. But for the most part, it felt really good. The menus felt really good. You know, the sphere grids felt amazing. The control the character control felt amazing it didn't skip a beat well there's something about it that still feels okay i don't know if it's just me because i know this was released on ps2 but it still feels old but not in a bad way you know what i mean and so you mentioned the sphere grid and we're going to talk about that later because it's amazing good but the heart of every final fantasy game is the characters now let's go through the characters and let's let's see what you think okay first we got titus well, yep. what, are you, what are your thoughts on Tiras? Uh, he didn't grow on me until very late in the game. I I just didn't gel with him for some strange reason. I didn't gel with him in-game. His FMV character looked oddly... Nothing like his in-game character? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing nothing like his in-game character. I just didn't, I didn't gel with it slightly. But I don't know why. But oh, overall, by the end, I really did like him. I thought he was a stand-up fellow. All right. Well, um, he does get a lot of complaints for being one of the worst protagonists in a Final Fantasy game, generally because of uh, how whiny he is. Yeah, now, he's very whiny. We both really like the Final Fantasy games with the whiny protagonist. Mm -hmm. You know, Final Fantasy 15 had Noctis. This has yep. Tidus. Who do you think sits higher on the whiny scale? I think Tidus feels whinier. But I think overall, when you look at the the surrounding story, Noctis being whiny, you just want to slap him about the place because he's like, shut up, man. What the hell have you got to whine about? <laughs> Whereas you kind of get sometimes why Tidus is whining, if that makes any sense. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's just he's just a soccer player. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Noctis is a king. He really should man up by that point. Yeah, yeah. And so next, um, that is very important to the story, is Yuna. And I'm very curious to see what you think of Yuna because she is hands down my favorite Final Fantasy heroine. She's just quiet and she's very soft-spoken, but she's not really a pushover. I really like the way she thinks about it. She, I just clicked with Yuna. I, I too like Yuna. You're not going to do a, well, what about Luna Freya? Do you prefer Luna Freya or do you prefer Yuna? No, no, you no, 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 no. That was just, you know, because they're, <laughs> right, both, okay. they're both whiny. That's I fine. mean, everybody would prefer Yuna to no. Luna Freya, even though they're both similar sounding names. They are very similar sounding. Um, no, I, you know, I, I really like Yuna as well. I clicked with her, I suppose. All right, next we have Oren. And Oren is the man everybody wants to grow up to be. 
He is. Because Arn is really cool. He's super duper cool. My only question is, and it might it might have been explained and I just missed it, but why, when he's wandering about the place, is his arm broken, but then in combat, it's fully working? Is it just tired? Well, Does he need to rest up? Oh, well, you see, that's that's his man hand, and he wants to keep it ready at any given opportunity. Okay, so from what I've gathered, that is a very common samurai thing in fiction. Oh. As in, when they pull out their strong hand, their pimp hand, if you will, uh-huh. that's when things become serious. But up until that point, they're perfectly fine relying on their weak hand. Oh, I thought it was because it was broken. I'm more curious about why he just carries a giant jug of you-know-what in there. Actually, if you were going to put your arm in that, in that and leave it like that, surely it would suffer from, would you call that thing where your muscles kind of... Atrophy? Det- yeah, mus- muscular atrophy from having your arm in a sling for four days. You go to pull it out and you can't even pick up your sword because you get pins and needles. That's what I'm envisaging. Well, That's I, what would I happen to me. I don't mean to blow your mind, but that is still atrophied. It's that much of a god hand, sir. <laughs> that even though atrophied. <laughs> All right, so now I have a feeling, for me, this is where we start to get into a little bit of the dregs of mm-hmm. the party. So, Riku. Uh, very bubbly, very happy, very vapid, airheaded, mm-hmm. just... What would you say, Craig? Typical anime teenage girl? Yeah, I didn't I didn't like her. I'm sorry. Did you, uh, I, I should have asked this about the other ones, but did you find them useful? Or did you kind of just, nah, this is my party, I'm stuck with it? In the start, I was using her for steel, um, so I would always have her steal something and then swap, swap her out for someone else, just to get <laughs> items. Uh, but before before you know it, you can level up and, and give other characters steel, and I just found her a bit, a bit useless. Uh, not only that, but it bugged the crap out of me. I felt like she totally and utterly thought her and Yuna were best buddies, and I know they've been on this big journey together, but she's like, oh, we've been friends since we were babies and stuff, when no, you've only known me for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uni! Okay, Shut so... up! <laughs> uh, so, so, Riku is a Remora. She just kind of latches on and sucks all the good things mm. out of you. Alright, um, what do you think about Waka? Oh, God, poor, I can't, I can't stand Waka. him. I can't stand him as well. <laughs> I just, he's such an idiot. He's such an idiot. Although, he is quite useful in combat. I found him fairly useful. He seems to knock out flying things like nothing else. And if you level yeah. him up enough... He does a decent amount of damage. I didn't have him in, in my main party anyway, but he was handy at points. Um, I put him onto, not to go into the upgrade tree too much, but I put him into Orange tree next. So he ended up with about okay. four, 4 billion HP, and it was really handy <laughs> to have him there and taunt people. So you, you, you taunt someone and just let folk batter them. And I was happy to watch Waka get battled. <laughs> so it, it was mutually I, I mean, beneficial. I mean, he's, he's a good character. And we'll talk on the voice cast later. But he's a good character. Just... I don't know. He's all right. He's all right. I, okay, I'll explain why I like Waka as a character later when we talk about the story. Okay. But he needs to... What's with that hair? I That hair just drives me insane yeah i didn't maybe that's just me getting old but it's like cut your hair you damn hippie yeah i didn't like the hair i liked the story elements of waka i do like but the rest of them yeah um well somebody that i i don't know whether i like or dislike because there's very little 
has to do with her. What about Lulu? I liked Lulu. I had Lulu in my party right up until the end. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think at some point you told me to swap her out, and I just didn't. Well, thank you for obeying me, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like she plays that kind of stereotypical role of the quiet person that doesn't say much. Yeah. But when she does, it's kind of important. But Oren kind of plays that role, too. Well, as I had, so... I had Oren and Lulu as my kind of um, double act of sa- sanity and level-headedness, and it worked quite well. Oh, okay. So that, that to me, it was quite a nice pairing of them two. Mum and Dad, it was basically, Mum, Dad, you coming along for the battle? <laughs> um, and last, we have the thing that made all the furries so excited, but he's just awful. He's <sighs> Kamari. Yeah, poor, poor Kamari. Poor. I would vote to say he's probably the useless character of the group. Like, I couldn't ever find a use for Kimari. No, I, I tried my best. I plowed a lot of sphere points into him. I got him round the grid. I leveled him up. I took him back. I got him Ultima with the only level 4 unlock things. And I still didn't use him. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just useless. It's yeah, just, he's it kind doesn't... of just jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, at and all. When you when you like, I know you when you play this and you kind of want you're crunching the numbers and you're doing things right and you've specced everyone out. You don't need the jack of all trades. You need your specialisms to be able to work effectively. And he just he just yeah. It, 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 we'll talk about the combat system, but it is weird to have a jack-of-all-trades in a game where you can switch in and out party members with no penalty at all. Yeah, yeah. Did you dabble at all with the like the blue mage skills? You know, the enemy hits you with it and you can use it on them? No, 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 not, nothing, too, nothing too complex. Okay, because yeah, I never have either. He may turn out to be a, a beast, no pun intended, but uh, yeah, I've never dabbled with blue mage because I don't like blue mage. Um, yeah, so, so we have the cast out of the way. Now... This, I think, is probably one of my favorite voice casts for a Final Fantasy game. And you don't have a lot to judge it against. But what did you think of the voice cast? I think Waka's voice just threw me right off. It wasn't that great. There were also um, odd bits. where There was one cutscene where there was a character talking to themselves. I was like, what happened there? No one responded to it. They just kept on going with the conversation. So I googled it. Oh yeah, that's weird. I googled it, and it turns out that in the translation for the FMV scenes, when it got translated to English, they had to slightly change the scripts to try and match the lip movements. Mm -hmm. So some character they changed the the, what they were saying somewhat, but they also just left folk talking to themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, it happens a couple of times through it. It's very very odd. Uh, I can understand yeah, why they would do it because otherwise you get that remember monkey or something like that where they're like talking and, and the lips are just oh, going all yeah. over the place I, that would throw um, yeah yeah uh, as a fan of Godzilla movies I totally yeah. totally understand um, it, it's weird too because I'm with you I think Waka is just probably the worst mm-hmm. and I mean that's Bender that dude is like an oh, amazing yeah. voice yeah. actor I, I don't know why it sunk. Maybe it's adding the yeah, yeah. to everything he says. Yeah. But yeah, there's something about that voice thing. I think Titus is a little weak, mm-hmm. but I have a soft spot for Ratchet, so yeah. I, I can't really blame that. I think everybody else does pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, especially Oren, Lulu, you know, that lot are, are on point. 
and a lot of the NPCs that you come across that end up you chatting to uh, the captain, Riku's dad, whatever his name is. Oh, Cap- Sid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, honestly, fantastic. Then and that lot, just it's just brilliant. Yeah, a lot, um, like Jack and I think Seymour did a great job. It, mm-hmm. it was really like as soon as you heard his voice, you're like, ah, he's he's gonna be a bad guy. I know. Uh-huh, I got you. But that was I mind I was saying as well. I ran in to Seymour, and I was like instantly, I was like messaging you. I was like, I've just run into a Seymour guy. He's gonna end up being a dick. And you were like, no, no, Seymour's <laughs> a bro. He's totally cool. He's totally cool. I spent ages the rest of the game thinking he's just shady, but he's really good. And then he turns out to be a baddie. I was like, <laughs> totally hoodwinked me because I, I thought he was a total bro. Well, he is a bro. He's just not yes. one of your bros. I'm going to go into my house now. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, so in, in terms of systems that this changes, because... This does change a lot compared to nine. I'm mm-hmm. sorry if I'm going to be talking, you know, for by myself here for a while, Craig. Do it. Um, one of the big things that changes is you now have access to your entire party at any given moment. If you run into a random battle and it's something that say Waka is more capable to deal with, you can just switch out Yuna for Waka with no repercussions at all. You still get a turn as Waka. So this is very much like a Persona game where you're going to be shooting for things weaknesses more than you're going to be setting up grand strategies. So, like, if something's armored, you want Aurin. If they're very quick and hard to hit, you'd want somebody like Titus. And because of this, it doesn't really feel like there is a main character. It feels like it's... Well, what do you think, Craig? I mean, did you get more of a, okay, this is the main character yeah. and this is the friends? Or did you get a, this is just a group? I spent a wee while thinking, Titus is the main man, he's going to be in the party... And it wasn't until like a third of the way into the game I'm thinking, I'm I'm not using Tidus as much as what I thought I would be, and then it just clicked, it was just like, yeah, I'm just hitting, as you say, just hitting weaknesses and making sure you've got the right folk in your lineup to start with. And it was absolutely not only it was mind changing. No, that's not the right phrase. It made me think differently about how I was playing because I wasn't trying to always have Tidus at the forefront hitting and leveling up it wasn't about that it, it was about winning the battle and it was really satisfying when that clicks okay and, um this is also something where it changes from nine the fact that you can not see enemies but the transition between field and battle happens very quickly it seems like they're trying their level best to get you in and out of the battle as fast as possible what did you feel about the enc- now Let's just be fair here. We're playing Persona 5 yeah. right now as a group. We are. And there's a big difference between being able to see the enemy and having to deal with these random encounters that pop up out of nowhere. How did you feel going from Final Fantasy to Persona? Do you feel a preference or no? Uh, oh, it's, I much prefer Persona. I much prefer the kind of faux stealth, I suppose, you get with Persona. It's not real stealth. It's just you run at them really quickly while their back's turned and hit them type stealth. It's Dave stealth. Yeah, it's Dave stealth. It really is Dave stealth. Um, <laughs> the I, I found it really difficult to get used to. There's one of the levels you hit after you've been through, I suppose after you've been through like five, six, seven hours of the game and it's the high road or something like that. You start oh, the as, Mehan high road. Yeah. yeah. And honest, I just felt like every three steps, the screen's cracking and I'm dropping into battle. And at some point I was just like, 
I'm actually, I just want to walk over to that wee thing, and you get so close to speak to an NPC, and just <laughs> as you're pressing next, bam, there you go again, and it I, it almost broke me at that bit, until I kind of just, I switched it off and I relaxed, I thought, this is just the way things are, I'm just going to have to deal with it. Do you know what, I will admit, hmm. that thing actually made me jump quite a lot through the entire game <laughs> when there was a big lull in combat and then all of a sudden it came back as like, oh crap, I'm back in it again. Just still jumping. Um, so, as a person who doesn't play a lot of old RPGs, is that something that really kind of rankles you to where you just would kind of write things off as, I don't really want to put up with that? Oh, I... By the end, I kind of regretted it, but I spent about the, the second third of the game. I escaped from a few battles, and I kind of like just I made a beeline for where I was supposed to be as, as opposed to exploring. I found myself under leveled by the end of it, and I thought mm-hmm. there was an exact point as to why I'm under leveled just now. They they seem the difficulty curve and the leveling seems to be absolutely on point. If you follow the game naturally, if you do every battle, yeah, yeah, and I didn't, so I, I must have skipped maybe ten or fifteen battles. So all I did was I ran backwards. No, if I ran backwards, I would fight however many, and then go back and I would fight more. It it was fine. I actually really enjoyed it. I really by the end of it, I really really enjoyed it. It's the one thing I thought that was really. I'm not going to say it's the one thing that I thought that was really strong about it because there's many things, but I mean it, it was it was really really on point. So. I mean, it, it is weird, right? Because you want to see more of the story, but the game doesn't let you see more of the story until you're strong enough. So, I mean, even... I, I've gone through this game probably four times, but there are times where even I'm like, come on, just just get to the next part. Yeah. It, I, as I say, some points, especially that the high road, the Mehan high road, because you can see where you're flipping wanting to walk. It's just over there. I just want to walk over there, mate. Please just let me walk over there. <laughs> And then you get to the end of the high road. Did you you get to the end of the high road and there's a football in the middle of the road? I booted it. It went flying off and some <laughs> kid comes running over and I'm like, crap, I've kicked this kid's football into a field. That kid, to pick up his football, is going to be attacked by like 10 different <laughs> monsters just trying to get his ball back. So you didn't make the world of Spira a better place, Craig. You made it worse. Think, some poor kid is now probably dead. Yeah, I think I, I made it worse all around. I tried my best. Now... You mentioned being able to see where you want to walk. Uh, that is another very important change from Final Fantasy IX is this is as linear as linear can be. This is, you can generally see your destination and you can't deviate very far from it at all. It is pretty much a corridor you're walking down with fancy mm-hmm. foliage along the way. I, uh, how do you feel about that? I, I hate it. I don't like it. I really like. Really? Yeah, I really like exploring. Yeah, I, I, you know, I really like exploring. It's one of the things, one of the joys of games like this, or maybe not like this exactly, but maybe like fifteen or something, or or whatever. I really like being mm-hmm. able to explore things. You don't really even get it with Persona that much, but you get all the other social stuff. So there's there's a lot to do there. When it turned into this linear tr- path that you're on, I felt it lost a bit of what I would do to level up, which would be explore every opportunity in each area and do everything, all the side quests. There was one point near the end, just before you get to the snowy cliffs, before you cross over into Zanarkand or wherever it is you're going. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mount Gagazet, yeah. where all the 
Kamari's are. Exactly. And I ended up in a cave, and I was just, by this point, I had resigned myself to uh, being on this linear path of doom. So I just I just went with it, and I went into this cave, and I got to the end of the cave, and it was a dead end. And I was like, have I actually, have I actually done just like 45 minutes of gaming? And then it turns out it was one of the officially recognised side quests. By this point, I'd given up in side quests. <laughs> I didn't know there was side yeah. quests, and then all of a sudden I've done one, and I'm like, what have I, what have I missed? I haven't missed anything. It's just that there weren't many side quests. No, no, they're they're definitely not until you get like right before the end. Yeah, is the time they want you to be like, okay, now is the time to explore. It's like, no, no, I no. want to see the end of the story. I know, by that time, you are you're you're already you're already determined. You're getting to the end of the story. You spent forty hours walking in a straight line. Why are you then going to start exploring? <laughs> um, I I I felt it lost a bit of that because I I I do like the exploration side of things. Now, I'm completely opposite to you. I much prefer a linear story-driven RPG like this as opposed to, say, Final Fantasy XV, mm-hmm. where you can wander off and, you know, go camping over here, collect frogs over here. I I really like the way this is like, nope, the entire focus of this game is going to be the story and the battle system. Sorry if you don't like it, but that's just the way it kind of thing. I like that focus. Because it doesn't, it means, for me, it means they're not spending extra time developing this stupid little town that has one NPC that you have to talk to so you can continue on with the story, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it is very much personal taste. I just prefer linearity to openness. Yeah. I mean, there are exceptions. Like, I, let's not keep bringing it up. I'll try not to, but Persona 5 is very linear in its story. You're stuck in time mm-hmm. as well. You can only do one thing per time slot. But that works. Infuriatingly, yes. It, see, I quite like that because it gives me structure and it makes me think very hard about what I want to do on Wednesday evening. I've got, I've really got to plan <laughs> it out, and then I like that because that gives you a bit of a challenge. It, it's this middle ground of if I felt like it's just like any other linear game. It is just like any other linear game. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's weird. At some points, it hits kind of an open linearity. Like, once you get to, like, the calm lands, right? You know, that big open green area yeah. with the chocobo racing. It kind of opens up, but it's a very focused open world uh, and, at that point. And by that point, you don't want to run from one corner of the field to the opposite corner of the field because you're going to have to go through 25 battles just to get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I can I can totally see your point on that. Moving back on. All right, so every Final Fantasy game generally has, as I'm sure you've heard in the last nine episodes, a kind of side game for if you're bored of doing those kind of tedious battles at point, you can play with this. And the big one here is Blitzball. <laughs> and it is an incredibly dumb sport, <laughs> but in the point of the game, it is very cool. If, if there was a blitz ball in real life, I would probably go see a couple matches. It's basically underwater football, not American football, European football. Uh-huh. Craig, how did you get on with blitz ball? I played it the mandatory time that you had to play it, and then I just thought, sack that. And then you just... Ah, uh, oh, Craig. It's, it's okay. Do you know what? For being one of these side attractions to a game, it's actually fairly well pr- 
programmed and thought out. There's a lot of rules and a lot of thought went into it. You can change your characters to move automatically. You've got tactics. You've got yeah. It's kind of part football manager, part yeah, FIFA. yeah, and it's turn based. It's very weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's turn based weirdness. It's it's good. It just didn't click with me at all. And I just thought, do you know what? I, that's perfect. No. What's weird is the first time I played it, I did everything with Blitzball, right? Like, I went and recruited the best players, and I did all the matches, and got Waka's ultimate weapon, and I never let him use it. <laughs> and <laughs> ever since then, the, the couple of times I've played it, I have no patience at all for Blitzball. Mm. That opening cutscene that shows you what Blitzball is, is incredibly oh, yeah, cool. yeah. But, yeah, I, for some reason, I don't have the patience anymore to sit there and play Football Manager in my JRPG. It's it's an odd one. Maybe maybe Kid Craig would have enjoyed it. Kid Craig with more time would have enjoyed it, but not not old Craig. Out of, out of curiosity, did you, you know, muck around at all with the Chocobo races where you had to get the balloons or, you know, going and touching all the colored butterflies, things like that? I, I did touch some coloured butterflies by accident. <laughs> I hadn't realised it was a thing. I, it's in the there's a woodland area and I was walking about and I just accidentally happened to click on a coloured butterfly. Just thought, oh who know who knows what these coloured butterflies are about? I didn't, and I think I think it's because those things felt a bit like token attractions on my linear path. I I was very much well. You're almost right. Those a lot of those things are you have to complete them to get somebody's ultimate weapon. Mm -hmm. And in this ultimate weapon is kind of important because it it lets you uh, break the nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage limit. So you know you can then start doing tens of thousands yeah. of damage to things instead of being capped. Um, the the chocobo racing is one. The the butterflies is one. Blitzball is is another one. And the one that I hate the most, and now that I have a trophy for it, I'm never going to do it again, is did you dodge any lightning, Craig? No, I did not dodge lightning. Okay, so you know on the the lightning, the thunder planes? Yes. How every once in a while, the wham, it comes down and just smashes. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of giggle the way T just gets struck by lightning. So the trophy, and in order to get the ultimate weapon that is associated with that thing, is you have to dodge... 200 lightning bolts in a row oh. and every time you mess up it gets reset to zero. Oh, back of that. No. Um, <laughs> I couldn't even... So, I, I think, actually, I'll be, I'll be honest, I think I did dodge it a couple of times, but it was accidental because it was just, <laughs> I think, either too slow or too blind or too old or too something. Um, very much just, just ran for it. I was so exhausted after getting that trophy, man. It was like... <laughs> I was on the edge of my just wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, wham! It's like, oh my gosh. Why? And there's no pattern to it either, and that, that makes it terrible. What What possessed you to do such a thing? Because I need it. Because you see, Craig, when you're crazy like I or you or anyone else, really, if you love a game, why you simply must get the platinum trophy for it. It'll show everybody that you absolutely love this game. Do, well, who are you, and what have you done with Dave? <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there are very few games that I want to get a platinum yeah, for. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah. it's, you know, like, the devil, Ratchet and Clank. I, mm -hmm. I want to get a platinum for Ratchet just because I really like that game. But yeah, this was one that was like, okay, I need to prove to the rest of the world I can dodge 200 lightning bolts. 
I'm not saying it was the smartest thing I've ever mm. done or even the most logical thing I've ever yeah. done. But yeah, I did it. I've got to say Hooray. that I respect you no more than I did five minutes ago. <laughs> well, you know, that almost makes it all worthwhile, Craig. <laughs> it really does. The fact that I can keep the respect level is good. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been a detriment <laughs> to respect. Your respect stat has maintained. It's fine. All right. Uh, okay, so... Another important thing this does is uh, no longer do you have to worry about Magicite when you level up. You don't have to worry about, you know, what Guardian Force you're going to have. Or even to the point of people don't level up naturally anymore. You are generally in control of every kind of stat gain that your characters will get. At least if you're playing the international version. There are two different sphere grids. One is the base games that came to North America and Europe and all that. To where everybody kind of has a set path and then it opens up. Mm-hmm. And the international version is, it's just kind of open from the start. And you can kind of go anywhere you want with your character build. Which one did you use, Craig? Uh, I used the first one. I was tempted to use the second one. I thought, Sphere Grid, I'll have a wee quick Google. Very much everyone on the internet recommends going with the former described version before picking the latter uh, manic version of leveling up because you can completely muck up your character and never complete the yeah, game. Yeah, everybody gets a role <laughs> yeah. in the first one. It's like, okay, okay, I know which way everybody's going. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the sphere grid? Uh, Personally, I think it is incredibly satisfying when you, you, you get to go to the next and you're like, all right, in three spheres, I'm going to have armor break. Woo! Yeah, it's unbelievably good. It's the, my favorite thing of the whole game is that sphere grid. It's <laughs> am, it's actually amazing. I've never quite seen anything like it. Obviously, the, like, the mechanics behind the leveling are still the same, but the way it's presented is phenomenal. And the fact that when you get to the end of your grid and you can jump into someone else's grid by that point you've got uh, different spheres so you can take someone's power or you can move to any activated sphere point in the whole thing it's amazing you can you've got a, oh yeah you've got a base spec for your character but you can you can if you want any, all your characters to have Ultima, you just get them all there and get them Ultima. If you want them all to be really super awesome, Steel, for example, that's an actual practical or example. Mug. mug is or the way mug. to go. Whatever you want. If, like Riku, the only thing I was using Riku for was Steel. Got Titus, Tidus, Steel, whatever his name is. Titus, Tidus. Well, see, they say Tidus, but it looks like it should be pronounced Titus yeah. so I don't know whatever way got him steel never need never need Riku again job done oh, poor, poor Riku. I know yeah I, I think this is probably my favorite leveling system from any game and they kind of use it again later on with like 12 and uh, yeah and, and 13 and even 15 which you would know about you know that, mm. that like branching yeah, path yeah. you can go down but I haven't seen one that is quite as good as this. It's just satisfying to move along this grid. Yeah. And uh, Craig said that he loved it so much he's going to get a tattoo of the complete sphere grid on his stomach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So so if you ever happen to meet Craig in person, you can just poke him and go, haste. And his stomach will light up. And it's all kinds of fun. You can put a marble in my belly button. <laughs> 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 and you will, I hope, go sphere grid oh, unlock. Of course. <laughs> um, all right, so we've talked about some of the systems and the mechanics in this. Let's talk story, Craig, because this is what I think is the best part of 10. Okay. Now, 
I'm going to say something incredibly poncy up front. Do it. But I kind of have to. So when, when playing through Final Fantasy games, I'm trying to catch things I didn't catch when I was younger. And if you listen to like 7 or 8, you know, 7 had like themes of identity and 9 is finding your place. Anyway, that's in the past. 10, I think, and it might just be because of the way I was raised and, you know, my family being religious. It's very much about religious dogma. Do you blindly follow it like, say, Waka? And that's why I like Waka so much is he's kind of just a guy who blindly follows the religious dogma of his world. Kind of like, say, if you were Catholic or, you know, Protestant or whatever. And he doesn't really question anything. And the whole theme of this is is questioning what is set as the religion in stone. And I think that's a really, really, I don't want to say intelligent, but mature subject for a video game featuring tons of anime hair. Okay. Did, did I kill you with my ponciness, Craig? You did not kill me with your ponciness at all. <laughs> I very much respect your viewpoint. Oh, no, it's, thank exactly, you, thank you. it's exactly... It's um, exactly... I mean, we're going to talk story, but that bit of it is still yes. why I wanted to slap Waka about the place. <laughs> it's just like, look at everything um, that is happening around you, Waka. Just stand there and observe, and you must be able to see that you're really you really need to reappraise your your views here um yeah he holds on to that stuff way oh, longer than oh, i would way think to is. the end <laughs> <laughs> even when you're blooming it's you fight what's what's her unalaska yeah the boss and and he's like oh no i can't believe what i've just done yeah and i'm like oh my god yeah, yeah. Oh, waka it's like get get. I'm not using you for a reason, man. Just stay in the <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, no. Don't don't talk. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is ridiculous how far he holds on to those kind of yeah, beliefs. Yeah. And on the other end, you have people like Riku and Sid are like, nah, it's cool. You're all wrong. It's it's cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I like about Yuna, was she's kind of stuck in the middle there, and she doesn't play it like your usual anime protagonist of kind of incompetent rage at everything kind of like Tidus does yeah no Yuna's got quite a grown up outlook in the whole thing and very 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 like level headed very methodical in her thinking and and actually does change her viewpoint several times through the game and, and starts to think about things more more seriously which is just it's considering the journey that she's on to eventually go and sacrifice herself you kind of think a lot about her for that. When that twigs, so when it twigs that you're on a yeah, journey. Yeah, I was gonna say that twist. Yeah, is that uh, is that some? Now, when I first played this, I was of course watching tons of anime and just being an insufferable teenager. But I was like, oh, great, they're gonna have her kill herself. This is great. And I was a little disappointed that she didn't in the end because you know that I. I thought that would have made a better story. I mm-hmm. don't know exactly where I sit now on it, but what about you? The way We'll talk of the way it shakes out. Yeah. But just on a base level, are you satisfied with the way things shook out? No. Really? Yes. Oh. Oh, I'm very... Well, you know what? Let's get right into it. Nobody's stopping us. Okay. So why aren't you satisfied with the way it's... Oh, by the way, if you haven't played this and you're listening to see if you'd like to play <laughs> it... The um, you're You're a little late now, <laughs> but... There will be, you know, we're just going to bust the story open because it is an old game. It doesn't matter too much. Yeah. So, Craig, why were you disappointed in the end? It's not disappointment. 
it's maybe it's maybe it's my misunderstanding of of the story and what's happened but i don't i don't think it is my general thought by the end of it was as heartwarming and as touching as it was for you know things to go down the way they did am i being vague enough i'm being vague enough i'll be slight you don't have to be vague anymore we've done we've done the disclaimer all right no okay more so so you know um Tidus is waving away and jumping off the ship to disappear because he was dreaming and Yuna's still alive and everything just felt it felt to me like there was no tangible sacrifice there which I think is the bit that in Final Fantasy 15 for example you, okay. you get that tangible sacrifice Noctis mans up he goes knowing that he's going to be sacrificing himself and he has the support around him. This just felt like everything was getting put back in order. You know, and it was like, Tidus was a was a, um, a a result of this chaotic dream world leaking through Sin back into Spira and it just felt really, it felt like it was just, oh, everything's- just You the- felt like there was no consequences that got paid. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay, now see, now see, uh, other than all the hundreds and hundreds of dead people when Sin attacks, and she has to do that that whole sending thing, which I think is probably one of my favorite cutscenes ever. Dead. Cutscene is just amazing. Dead, nameless people. True, true. <laughs> okay, so this is where I, if you met teenage me, first of all, I would have asked you to be my dad. <laughs> Second of all, I would have said, you know what, we're we're exactly alike on Final Fantasy X. I thought, okay, so the guy's a dream and he goes away. That is a cheat because nothing was given other than <clears throat> I'll, I'll, even Orin. Orin Orin's already dead. had to go too. He's dead. He's dead from he's the start. He's already dead. <laughs> he's dead from the start. <laughs> and you figure out he's dead and he keeps on trucking. He's like, you know, he can't go into whatever place it is where the, the you know, the the special... Uh, far plane. Yeah, that he can't yeah. go into far plane. He's clearly he's dead. You figured that out. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. It gets to the end. Oh, he's dead. Oh, I'm so shocked. Um, <laughs> I expe- This well, has been ruined, Dave, because I expected much more i i genuinely i really did really enjoy the story and i'm being very very silly about it and very cast away cast offish very cast away cast cast office yeah we cast away yeah tom hanks was all right but i i think the the volleyball did better i'm i'm giving off a a a vibe of aloof aloof you're being aloof i really i really did like it and the story actually really touched me and I really, I really liked it in that way. It's just, okay. it just. I didn't... need to s- to tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Okay. So again, teenage me would have would have agreed after playing it again for like five times. This is what I've come to. The story, it is a sacrifice for not a physical but an emotional. Yuna came to rely on Titus so much that now that he's gone, she's kind of left with nothing. Because most of her support base isn't really a support base. I mean, who are you going to rely on? Waka? Oh, God. You can't, <laughs> you can't rely on Orin. You, you can't... Well, Riku, just give her a couple glow sticks and she's happy for a week. So the one person or the two people that she has come to rely on on this journey that is technically all about Yuna. I mean, I mean, think of it this way. If, if you were all dead set to kill yourself for the good of the world, mm-hmm. if you were to Jesus the whole thing, and 
you find somebody that convinces you, no, this is not the right way to do it, and you change your mind and you fight for whatever, and then that person goes away, that's way more of a hit, I think, than Yuna herself having to sacrifice. Because now she's left with nothing. Because she doesn't have her religious beliefs anymore, mm -hmm. because they've all proven to be wrong. She doesn't even have the person she was relying on. She's just kind of there. Yeah. That, that I, I guess, hits me more personally than if she had just sacrificed herself. Although, not going to lie here, Craig. When I was a teenager, there was just a toddler amount of tears Aww. at the end. Because it was, it was just a hit right in the I, chest. I, I, now, it's still a hit in the chest. I mean, it's no 15 camping scene, oh, but God, it, no. it's up there. It, it's good. I actually managed to fix the ending in my head. So I did. And what happened was, well, Yuna okay. sacrificed herself, Oren was already dead, Tidus disappeared, but Waka, Lulu, Riku, and Kimari all died getting you to that end point. So those four died, Yuna sacrificed herself, and the other two buggered off, and everyone, it was like scorched earth. <laughs> Um, the, yeah, that's that's like the ending to the mist, man. That's <laughs> that is which, by the way, I love that ending. That's <laughs> oh a my perfect god! Ending. Um, perfect. I I laughed and cried so hard at that ending. <laughs> that was perfect. Um, I I could see something like that. Yeah. So story aside, because we both have two equally valid opinions of the story, and it's a lot better than what they do in Final Fantasy X two. <laughs> what do you think of combat as a whole? Oh, I, I love it. I I'm a fan of me turn-based combat, and it's the absolute best in this. The ability to switch out characters, as you mentioned earlier, is just fantastic. It's completely on the fly switching out. You can, you can go from whatever you need to do. You can set up beautiful wee chains of what you need to do as well to combat an enemy. And I think the oh, way oh, that... Oh, yeah, i huge fan of... Out of all of the turn-based RPGs that I've played, this is by far, I think, the best. And that's even including Persona 5. Hmm. That's... Like, I will I will take this. If you added the ability to switch out your characters into any RPG, I think you've just made the battle system better by, like, 50%. It is very good. Because you don't have the problems of, like... I mean, you might not get this so much, but... In older Final Fantasies, you you know you choose your party out of eight people, and that's your party, and you continue on. And then, oh crap! For story reasons, you have to use this character you haven't used for the last forty hours. Uh oh! It's uh, it, it, with the ability to switch in and out, you never have to run into something like that. You never have. Well, I'm now hamstrung because I'm stuck with a guy I haven't used in forty hours. Yeah, it's it's very good. It's very very good. I it's the one thing that. I, it's not the one thing that it has on Final Fantasy XV, and I'm not going to do the comparison thing, but it's the one thing I wish that was in Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my question after you finished, so good job. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's really, really good. A good, simple selection of weapons, and a really nice, clean way to show what kind of... Like, the, the menu system feels a wee bit PlayStation 2-y in terms of you're going in to see your abilities and stuff like that, and, and it's oh, it's yeah. a wee bit janky, but you can get, get by with it. The payoff is this fantastic combat system that just is satisfying. And if you hit a boss, like, if you hit a boss, you've saved your wee saves for you, you run up and you, you find... What's-his-name... 
the fourth, the third or the fourth time Seymour hits at the top of the mountain, and he's got. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh. I forget the the actual name of the boss, yeah, but yeah, well, I know what you're talking whatever about. Whatever it is, he's got this thing where he can charge up, and then on the next hit, he completely annihilates everyone, and you've basically got to figure out how to beat him to the point where he doesn't pull off that move and it took me like four or five turns and I was like handwritten notes and it was the first time in ages I thought I'm <laughs> writing notes and I'm figuring out what to do I eventually got it it's like writing flipping sheet music or something I'm going to hit them with this and I'm going to hit them with this <laughs> then I'm going to swap out for Waka and I'm going to do this and it works and you're like that was the greatest moment ever it really it really got it really got me I'm, I'm very glad to hear it I, and that was some of the reason I wanted you to play was because you know we were going to be playing more JRPGs and it's like mm-hmm. alright I'm curious to see what you think now the only other one that I think stands up above it because I don't think I'm, I'm with you I don't like 15's combat mm-hmm. as opposed to like 10's is 12 does this thing with gambits and it's you basically programming AI for all of your party members of like if HP is below 50% yeah. do this if enemy is weak to fire do this that might be the only one I like because that's like, you know, fine-tuning a, an engine. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, everything's firing on all cylinders. It's good. But, yeah, uh, 10, the things it lets you do are more than you think at the start. Yeah. And I know that really doesn't make much sense, but it's deeper than you think. Especially when you start getting into, like, uh, not New Game Plus bosses, but bosses, optional bosses that you hit before the end of the game mm-hmm. that are just insane. Now you did. You made a comment there, Craig, and this is going to work perfectly. You said it was like sheet music. Yes. So, tell me what you think of the best video game soundtrack ever made. The Miami Hotline soundtrack. It's really eighties electronic. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I am. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joshing with you. It's very good. It is very. It's very good. It's it's good old fashioned. Final Fantasy music. <laughs> it's 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 RPG music oh, at its best. Yeah. It's very good. I flicked between in the remaster. You can have uh, what's the what, the musical term? It's not orchestrated. It is arranged. Arranged, flicking between the two of them. It's just it's unbelievable. Now now uh, we did play a game that uh, the music didn't fit deliciously because it had the same kind of theme going throughout the whole thing that was horizon uh, even the bow noise was what, what did mike say yeah. it's the sped up the, the, whole, <laughs> the soundtrack, soundtrack sped up, to sped thousand. up yeah <laughs> um the, they they managed to keep the same almost like melody yeah. theme in most of the music but it doesn't get old and it, it it's like it built it has like component parts that you feel like it can plug into it so it plugs in a bit of this and a bit of that and it's it sounds like it's like this the underlying theme of final fantasy 10 with this a glaze of drama or a glaze of yeah. action and it just it's flawless yeah i think i think the way they use different instruments for different areas too really mm-hmm. helps add to the flavor um there was something else we wanted to talk about, and I can't remember what it was. Is it the summons? Hold on. I know we haven't mentioned that oh, at all. Oh, yes! Summons! <laughs> oh, okay. So, if you've been listening to these for any strength of time, any length of time, not strength, you know you got to judge a Final Fantasy on the strength of its summons, because that is the most important part of any Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I think the summons for this are the best in the series. Like, even moving forward. 15 gives it a good run for its money. 
but some of the designs here for the summons I think are absolutely fantastic. Craig, what did you think of the summons? I very much liked the summons. I liked all the summons. Shiva, personal favorite, amazing. Um, yeah. I I maybe ran with them for about half the game before I went into the options and sped up the summon animation entry or whatever it will whatever there's an option in there oh, yeah. that cuts it right down really really good bahamut i don't know if that's how you pronounce that but i'm gonna... wow i have never heard that said so horribly <laughs> it's how do you do it <laughs> it's bahamut bahamut <laughs> bahamut jesus okay yes uh the, El- the dragon god there we go yeah mm. really re- really good Honestly, really enjoyable. I think the thing that kept in my head was the the visual spectacle of the fifteen summons. That the, the effort one at the end, and and the water guy oh, halfway yeah. through the water summon where he floods the kind of Leviathan. Yeah, yeah, honest. I've never seen anything, and those will stick in my head. But the fact that you've got summons on tap here, it just feels like oh, this is just flipping amazing I'm just going to keep on calling these people because it's so good and tactically they play a big part because if you've got some sort of kind of ultimate move coming up if your enemy's charged and going to wipe you out you pull in a summon sacrifice them (laughs) they make wonderful punching (laughs) they really do and all of a sudden you've got your full party back in play without taking any damage they're really 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 handy and really good now, you, I, I applaud you on your love of Shiva because Shiva is ace, mm-hmm. but um, you didn't mention Anima, and a teenage boy who sees Anima will be drawing it all over his Trapper Keeper for probably the next four years, because I, it still, even today, is like, that is amazing monster design. That is crazy. I mean, the design of them, that and... I don't even know what the Mexican guy's called with the sombrero. The Mexican guy? Maybe he wasn't Mexican. Is there one called El Chupacabra? Uh, no, no, no. He's uh, not in this one. Only DLC if you have the special edition. <laughs> What's the one you okay, get? Hold on, hold right. on. Just before you go up the mountain, you go into the tunnel, and you get to the end of the tunnel, and you've got to bribe him with a hundred and however much. Oh, oh my gosh, it's Yojimbo. Yojimbo. He's a samurai. Yes. <laughs> the Mexican guy? Is he not Mexican? No, he's Japanese. Oh. Did you not hear the music play when you summon him? And it's like every martial arts movie ever. <laughs> I was me- he looks Mexican. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, all right. So we have Bahamut <laughs> and we have the Mexican guy. Is he not wearing a right sombrero? Ace. He's got a sombrero. It's no, a flat it's sombrero. like it's it's one of those. Okay, you, you know Mortal Kombat, like the riding hat. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. Oh. Except it's all decorated. Oh. <sighs> I did think it was about a well, place. It might be the UN may be interested <laughs> in your international crimes <laughs> of culture. But yes, uh, yeah, Yojimbo uh, is great. Mm-hmm. Love Yojimbo. I couldn't. So, I couldn't afford them. <laughs> Oh, really? You can, uh, yeah. uh, he's great just because if you're really down on your last legs, you can pay him a boatload of money, and he's just like, all right, fine, and he kills everything. Hmm. And later on, like that's one of the tricks to doing some of the optional bosses is Yojimbo can just rip through them. Ah. And he's got a cute little dog. All right, so this has not been the usual Operation sequel. Uh, normally, it's me by myself, and I tend to get a little more nerdy. But since I knew this game so well, it was 
a lot of fun to have somebody who's completely new to it. Yeah. So thank you, Craig. You're welcome. For taking this 40, 50. Oh, by the way, what was your time? Oh, crap. I've got no idea. 68 hours. 60. That's, that's not, that's a pretty good chunk. Was that what it was? I don't know. I would need to load it up. I would, Dave, I would need to load it up to figure out the time. Um, okay, but but it's it's above 50, let's say. Oh, it would be above 50. Easily above 50 because I okay. spent a lot of time running across that field battling. <laughs> <laughs> um, personally, I did this, it's just, I blasted through it, so it was like 23 hours. Jeez. Oh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a huge game that you can spend so much time in. Um... Is there anything else you'd like to say before we close this out? No, it's been an absolute pleasure playing this with you, or talking to you about the game that you made me play. I'm glad I did that. I didn't make you. You didn't make me. I appreciate all your work, though. Thank you, thank you. No, it was really good. It was nice to have somebody to talk about my favourite Final Fantasy. Like, it's weird, right? Because some of the stuff you play when you're young you get emotionally attached to it and this has always struck me as a very emotional game for me just because i'm going through like physical therapy and i'm doing Mm -hmm. all this just crap i gotta deal with but there's titus and yuna and they're like it's all right dave we'll be your bros (laughs) i'm like all right i appreciate that so yeah thank you very much for doing this and next we have final fantasy 12 and like tends to be usual final fantasy they shake everything up again So join me next time on Final Fantasy XII. Say goodnight, Craig. Goodnight, Craig.